Hello and welcome back to another Mean Green Podcast. I am as always your host, Reed Smith, with my co-host, Milo Mahalsis. It is a wonderful Monday, Monday afternoon, and uh, we're here on kind of a weird schedule since softball has taken over my life, but we're back as always. How are you today, Milo? I am doing great as I try to get my cat to stop biting at my computer wires, but it is all good because I'm here and ready for another episode of another Mean Green podcast on this very gloomy Monday afternoon. I gotcha, man. How has your uh, brief week been and how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um, We... uh, went to hollywood uh went right to uh we went to the grove we went to the grove again and uh i'm never going back there because funny story uh the parking is terrible there um so it's you know it's the grove nice little outdoor shopping center um in hollywood and um you would think that they'd have enough parking for everybody it's a giant parking garage with like six floors well, apparently not. Despite the yeah. fact that they have LED signs in the parking garage telling you how many spots are available, that's a lie. Yeah. Um, so, we, so we go up and we're like, oh, they got 130 open spots on floor four. We're going to go there. So we go to the fourth floor and there are no spots. And I don't think I told the story, but... Mm-hmm. When we went to the Grove during Christmas time, because it's very pretty there in Christmas time, they got lights up, a giant tree and everything. When we went, we literally spent 45 minutes circling around in the, on the same floor, just circling, looking for a spot, hoping God, and praying, dude. hoping and praying that we're able to catch someone walking out to their car and we can take their spot. Um, You're on that. You got to UNT at 11 a.m. But, yeah, right, yeah, but. it's it's literally like that, except you have to pay for the parking, too. So the longer you're there, the more you have to pay. Um, so we went there again this weekend, hoping that it wouldn't be like that. We were thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe it was because it was holiday season. Everybody wanted to go see the lights. Well, yes, that did play a role. Ultimately, we still had to circle around for 15 minutes in the same situation. We started getting deja vu and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were fortunate enough to get a spot, but um, there you go. the Grove is very nice, but I don't think we'll be going back there because it's such a pain in the ass to find parking. That's my little story of my weekend for you. Gotcha. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, I feel like parking, <laughs> I feel like parking in general is kind of an issue in the United States. I feel like the infrastructure is so car heavy and so there's yeah. never anywhere to park. Yeah, especially here, dude. They, I, I was talking to my, um, talking to my my mom the other day, and the parallel parking culture. That's right. I will use the word culture. The parallel parking. The parallel parking cultures. culture. I will gladly use that because it's true. Everywhere you go, parallel parking. Now I know that's how it is in pretty much every major city, um, but it's a very, very big pain in the ass to find to drive through downtown hollywood now you know there's people crossing the street and everything but on top of that you also got to worry about people parallel parking people to your right that are parked that are getting out of their cars right you don't want to you know 
take someone's door off because they just opened it and you're trying to drive right by them to the left of them. So um, it's driving through Hollywood is not fun, but ultimately it is cool to, you know, people watch and and see what's going on there. So I I feel like Hollywood would be really good for that. Yeah, it definitely is. As someone me, I, I love going out and uh, I love being around people. Don't really love socializing with people. I'm kind of, Damn. Um, I'm a little, I'm not as outgoing as you are. Uh, I I'm not outgoing. To, when, I think you're pretty outgoing. Been, when have I, think, I ever been outgoing? I think you are very outgoing, Reed. You, uh, you talk to a lot of people in your classes. You know, I probably went, I think I went about, uh, throughout my four years, throughout my three and a half years in college, I really only spoke to my classmates when I had to. So, yeah, no. (laughs) Okay. That is true. I have a friend. I've always in all of my classes had a friend in every one of my classes. Yeah. I went through the majority of my classes. I just didn't really speak to anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I wouldn't consider myself like, I don't like outwardly search to be social, I guess, but like, if I'm around people, I, I like people, so I'll, I'll yeah. talk to them. Um, but that's hard at UNT, just to be <laughs> completely honest, because you'll sit down next to a person and they'll just kind of like look at you and be like, yeah, <laughs> and just, they'll just be like, they'll look at you like, well, who are you? And you, yeah. I'll just kind of sit in there, uh, like, just to put it more um understandably um the people at unt are not very social and i am so that's a little bit of a a a setback i would say about the school but um we move but i guess i guess i am more social than than you at least i don't know how much more social i am than than john because i feel like john also talks to everybody yeah he's um he's pretty social person that's like a different. I, that's like a different. It's a, social, it's a different kind of social, I guess. Not in a bad way. Not in no, a bad no, way. Not Just a bad way. Say that, but you know, it, more social than me. But uh, I feel like you know, yeah. Yeah, I was actually on the phone uh, with my girlfriend as as I was leaving uh, Lovelace yesterday, and um, as I'm like walking down the stairs and I see a bunch of people. I'm like, okay, yeah, see you, man, tomorrow. Okay, see you tomorrow, man. All right, yeah, see you. Or like, see you on Wednesday, <laughs> dude. And she's like, why did you call me if you were just going to be around a bunch of people? And I'm like, it's not my fault that like when I'm walking out, a bunch of people know me. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and that's, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, she was kind of laughing at that a little bit. But anyway, I guess my weekend, uh, it was a softball extravaganza once again. Uh, six games in three days. Uh, very tiring, you know. Oh yeah. As usual, uh, went home to Keller on Sunday. Saw my parents a little bit. Uh, back to Denton today. But man, there's just something about reporting softball that like is therapeutic slightly because you're there. And, and softball and baseball. You know, I grew up loving baseball i still love baseball to this day just scoring softball is so peaceful for me to where it's such a like a simple game where you know it's it's player by player 
you know, it, it's not quick moving by any means most of the time. It's just very simple. It's nice. I like it. It's my favorite thing to report. Um, so it was a good weekend. But um, other than that, it was pretty chill, man. I mean, just not a lot going on. We'll talk about basketball later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sounds like you had more of an eventful weekend than me in terms of like you went out and did stuff recreationally. Yeah. I was I was there um, to work. But dude, they had a coffee stand at, I saw at, the, that. Uh, at the park. Yeah. And I, I got I got me a ch- iced chai latte. And oh I will say my, a chai latte consumer. Uh-huh. And I will say that I, I was awkward in that situation because their board just said chai. And I'm like, can I put can I make that iced? Like, can I ice that? Because it was it was kind of hot. So I didn't want to drink a hot tea. A uh, hot um tea you know so yeah i got my chai iced and they're like yeah we can definitely ice a chai and uh <laughs> i there they asked me for my name and i was like taken aback because i thought they were just gonna make it and give it to me i'm like i'm not gonna leave dude like <laughs> i'm gonna be right here um, i'm gonna hand it to you and but, scream read nope they wrote try it down. i was the only one at the stand at that time so <laughs> i write it down um and i get they spell my name with an i so they get the re-id going oh, uh yeah bummer the re-id i had my seventh grade english teacher was named reed with an i that's crazy now i see him at unt games <laughs> where, where, how does that come up <laughs> how does that how does what come up how does that happen you see him at unt games does he just go to the football games or yeah, Does he, he have a, a daughter or a son that goes here? Or? I think he, I think he is a graduate. I, I don't know. Oh, I mean, wow. he's. I think he's pretty active on Twitter and stuff. Maybe he listens to this podcast. Um, I'm not going to say his name. Him and I didn't really get along. Mister Reed <laughs> with an eye. I don't know if he. Well, I guess people can guess it off of that. But you know, I don't know if he even remembers me from seventh grade. I mean, it's been what. How long has it been since you and I have been in seventh grade? We're both the same age. So you were in it a year before me. We're 22. I'm still a senior in high or in college. Was it like 10 years? Maybe? No, not 10 years. I I just turned, I think maybe, dude. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it's like eighth grade and then four years of high school. So that's five plus four. So it's been nine years. Yeah. Obviously, I don't look the same now as I did when I was... How old is that? Like 12 and 13? I mean, I hope not. Um, I look different from that now, but I mean, I just wonder if he remembers the name. I had him and his wife, his now current wife. uh, She worked at the school I went to. So um, I had him and his wife. So I wonder if if they remember me at all. And And as they pass me, they're like, oh my God, there's that little read that we used to teach they get into bed together at the end of every night and they go maybe not every night but you know every once in a while they might think yeah, so who, who was your favorite student who's your favorite student? Oh, <laughs> not you know, reed smith you ever reed smith oh yeah 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 i think i had him in a class yeah yeah that's probably probably that that is <laughs> hey, what that is what their pillow talk sounds like i i promise you that if they think of me back in seventh grade 
none of those conversations are positive. Probably not. Dude, I seventh grade for me, dude, I was a menace. So I, I imagine them that that is what their uh that their lasting impression of me is. I mean, obviously I've matured in <laughs> you know nine yeah, years. Yeah, but... I, th- I think seventh grade was rough for a lot of young boys. Um <laughs> I think it's kind of that age where where you just kind of dick around and do whatever you want. And uh yeah, I remember man, seventh grade for me. I think seventh grade was okay, but I think it was yeah, I think it was eighth grade where I really I didn't do anything bad. I mean I punched a kid in the face out of self-defense <laughs> in eighth grade. But <laughs> You know? I didn't do anything bad. I just punched a dude. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's probably the worst in school. Um, aside from that wood shop, I was friends with this guy named uh, uh, this guy named Derek, and um, yeah, Derek man, the Woodman. Yeah, he was a uh, it was in wood shop class. Uh, he was the worst influence. I remember we were messing around with like the scroll saws and and uh, stuff that could get you stuff stuff that could do some pretty pretty bad damage to you essentially uh if you mishandle it and uh yeah we were yeah it was uh it was it was a fun time fun time mr morrison definitely did not like us (laughs) mr morrison if you listen to this podcast we're sorry i I apologize (laughs) for mila Um, my apology too exactly um actually the the person in in the my seventh grade english class that I guess was a quote unquote bad influence on me it was more like we were friends and we messed around because we were 13 year old guys. Um, he actually, he, he owns a shop in South Lake now and he's like doing pretty well for himself. Like he owns like a lifestyle brand oh, and wow. it has a store in South Lake. Yeah. He, uh, he sells a lot of shoes and like clothes and stuff that you'd wear very similar style to kind of the rap contemporary. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I'm sure my seventh grade teacher thought that we were not gonna not gonna make it, but uh I work they for didn't 24 know. seven I work for 24-7 sports and have gotten to my senior year of high school and I graduate this year, and he owns a whole business that is successful. So yeah. there it is. We take the win. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That might be our most off-topic beginning section. 16 minutes of high school talk. uh, Not even high school. 16 minutes of middle school talk. A little bit of of parking conundrum. Parking uh, conundrum. There you go. All right. Well, let's get into the real reason you've tuned into this episode. But let's be real. If you tune into another Mean Green podcast, that's what you're here for. You're not here for only unt talk you're here for that kind of stuff as well perhaps we've come to be endeared by our loving fans yeah i would hope so but uh (laughs) you know i don't i don't think we care either you know if you no if you you don't like another mean green podcast go listen to the several others that are out there that'll give you the analytical breakdown that your heart desires anyway (laughs) yeah Let's get into the analytical part of this podcast. <laughs> right off. <laughs> what a tie-in. Huh? All right, Milo. You can sit down, rest your voice after that. Let's talk some UNT softball, Snooze man. They time. <laughs> yeah, not for you. This is my this is my thing. It's because you don't watch the softball games. I'm gonna get you to be a fan by the end of the year. Uh, maybe one anyway. day. 
Yeah, maybe one day. UNT Softball hosted the UNT Invite this weekend and went 4-2, their first winning weekend of the season. It was a good look for Rodney DeLong's team. Um, really came around from the Tracy Beard College Classic. I mean, obviously, with a team of the caliber that me, the Mean Green are and, and are supposed to be and have been, really, uh, for the senior core uh, for the last four years, this is a team that plays tough teams tough. They have a few road uh, bumps in the road as every team does uh, before they really find it in, in the middle of the season to end of the season. Usually obviously 2023 was an outlier. They kind of found it a little later than they usually do, but I mean, it was nothing but up after uh, losing 11, nothing uh, and 10, nothing to Missouri uh, at the Tracy Beard college classic, which they hosted. And, you know, this weekend they really, or I suppose it's the last weekend now, last weekend they really showed up, especially against Power 5 teams. Against Minnesota, they get the win, 7-5. Very good game there. Uh, 3-1 win over New Mexico to start the weekend. Uh, They beat New Mexico again in the morning. Uh, They beat them 1-0 in eight innings. Mackenzie Childers, the sophomore hard-throwing righty man, she got an eight-inning no-hitter, looking like a number num- another number seven that used to pitch for North Texas. I'm sure people aren't thrilled about the Hope Trout line comparisons, but when you see someone throwing that hard and now throwing no-hitters, you figure, hmm, maybe this is something for the future. It's something about that number seven in the circle. Uh, they drop a close one to uh, Texas Tech in the nightcap. They had a 6 nothing lead after two. And it just was pretty much down from there. Uh, Skylar Savage gets the loss in that one. She came in in relief, loaded the bases, uh, exited after recording no outs. Mackenzie Childers came in to clean it up, kept it as clean as she could, really, considering the circumstances. Tech does complete the comeback, though. Wins 8-7. It was 8-6 after their big inning. Um, I believe it was the fifth inning just off the top of my head. Um, after their big inning, uh, Childers shut them down and the top of the seventh, the bot, uh, the bottom of the seventh was nothing going for UNT, but the sixth saw, uh, Sierra Simon hit a home run and we'll talk about her a little bit in a second here. Sierra Simon had a really good weekend. It was a really good weekend for players that really needed a really good weekend. Among those are slugger Kaylee Gamble, 13 home runs away from the UNT record held by Susan Waters at the moment. Um, they really needed a good weekend, and they got it at the plate. Uh, Sierra and, and Kaylee, uh, both very important batters for UNT. Um, you know, they they have been, frankly, in a slump for the, the first two weeks of the season. Week three kind of broke out. Really good weekend for Sierra. The, uh, the kind of highlight of her weekend was an RBI triple against uh, Stephen F. Austin. She had a home run against Texas Tech as well that I mentioned. Kaylee Gamble also got her first home run of the season. And Milo, let me tell you, it was a moonshot. She connects on a Maddie Wright pitch, sends it over the scoreboard. You want to say off the scoreboard, but Milo, it was over the scoreboard. She hit the crap out of it. And man, it was... An absolute more, piss missile. It was an absolute piss missile, I would say. Um, 
off the top of the scoreboard. They knew it was gone as soon as it left her bat. And man, she needed it. The funny thing after that, Milo, is that they did not pitch to her pretty much for the rest of the weekend. Uh, she walked. Uh, uh, let me pull up the stats real quick. But she, I know for sure, she walked three times in that contest after that because they just didn't want to uh, give up another huge dinger to Kaylee. If the UNT was going to beat them, then they were not going to let it be Gamble that did. Uh, she actually is seeing the ball very well. You can tell um, based on her at bat, she's getting into a lot of full count. She's working the count. She's fouling off a lot of pitches. Uh, she has six walks on the weekend. Uh, Kaylee Gamble will figure it out eventually. She always starts a little slow. Um, DeLong corroborated that this weekend, but she did break out a little bit and will hopefully take that in. Well, I'm unbiased, of course, but the team hopes he can take that into the midweek matchup with UTA and um, the huge matchup this weekend in Alabama. Uh, but I got to be specific here because they're not playing Bama and Tuscaloosa. They're playing Auburn. Um, and uh, Auburn is hosting an invitational of their own. And Milo, let me tell you, it's going to be a tough one for UNT softball. You know these teams, so you can make a little comment on this. You know P5. You know the difference between P5 and G5. It's the same everywhere, except in basketball. You call it major, mid-major. Man, they're playing Northwestern and Auburn. That's tough. Those are two big names. As you know, I am the P5 versus G5 specialist. Oh, yes. And, uh, this is why I brought you, know. you in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's always a tough competition. You're uh, you're heading to to Auburn, and uh, yep. you know that's. I'm sure they got a pretty nice facility there. And, oh, they do. Uh, you know, pretty... they probably bring in a good crowd too. Yep. Uh, and you know, I think it'll be a good experience for them. Oh, for sure, and they'll be able to take it uh, through the season. And Rodney DeLong has always emphasized how, I mean, we play tough games. Um, is what he says. Not me. I'm not saying we. For the podcast that doesn't say we, uh, he says that they play tough games uh, and they need to learn how to play tough games early so they can win those games down the line. And, you know, as the years have gone by, you've kind of seen that come to fruition. They had that big win against Nebraska uh, in 2022. Uh, last year, they upset Oklahoma State at home. Um, well, at Lovelace, and I'm saying UNT won it at home. And, you know, there, there is something across any sport, I think, to where when you learn how to play tougher competition, it's going to help you down the line, especially before conference play. The AAC ain't no joke, brother. Um, that's probably going to be a two-bid league, more than likely. Um, but, yeah, they're playing Auburn, who is currently ranked number 24, or were ranked last week. The, the new standings come out tomorrow. They were ranked last week. Northwestern got votes last week. Um, just tough competition. Uh, and then they're also playing South Carolina Upstate. Less tough competition. Uh, they start the weekend against the old uh, South Carolina Upstate. Um, but yeah, kind of want to end this section talking about Childers and Wagoner a little bit. Milo, we're calling it the McKenzie-McKenzie rotation because they're both named McKenzie. Wagoner is spelled M-C-K-N-Z, and then Childers is spelled Mac-N-Z. It's the old McKenzie-McKenzie pivot for the mean green. Uh, 
Wagner had looked like an ace and she pitched like an ace this weekend. Three and one record, two complete game wins. That's what they need, man. She was absolutely nails this weekend for the mean green. Now as a 265 ERA. Um, and then Mackenzie Childers bouncing back. She had an ERA over 11 at the end of last weekend. She brings it all the way down to 475. That's seven less runs uh, on average for uh, Miss Childers. She had a fantastic weekend, and the team is really high on her. And honestly, with the performances she put in, first career no-hitter. In eight innings, Milo, that's an extra innings no-hitter. That's big. Really? Yes, that's an extra innings no-hitter. That's crazy. To put it in terms, that would be like a uh, winning in a shootout, but it was 0-0 before the shootout. Very well put. You know, Indeed. now I now I understand the magnitude of it. Indeed. Put it in there hockey terms. Perfect. Put it in hockey terms. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, I was big on her looking for Skylar Savage to have a bounce back weekend. Little bit of a rough one this weekend. She has uh walked eleven more batters than she has struck out this season. Twenty walks, nine strikeouts. Savage is a down pitcher, however. Uh you'd think six two. Um, the, the size of her, she'd be a strikeout pitcher. No, she pitches to contact. So she's not going to start the world on fire with strikeouts, but you do expect the walks to go down a little bit um, as the season progresses. And I think it probably will. Um, the McKenzie pivot and, and Savage are, is a good rotation and, and that should help them uh, in this stretch that they're about to get in from, you know, they go to Auburn, uh, face Northwestern and Auburn. Then right after that, they go to Texas A&M. Uh, and then they start conference play against Eastern Carolina right after that. So, I mean, it's a brutal stretch, but it's a stretch that, you know, if they can get in the next, you know, five, six games, if they can win two to three of those and, you know, come into to the conference uh slate at 500 i think that would be a slight win considering how difficult the non-conference slate is and it does not get easier during the season uh they play oklahoma state um they play a&m again uh they play oklahoma state twice by the way uh, and then wichita state's going to be tough they were picked to win the conference it's kind of who everyone is chasing right now in the aac softball world but let's not talk about conference just yet don't want to get too ahead of myself a four and two weekend excuse me, uh, for UNT softball is a great way to end things. And just to end this little section, I want to give my standouts of the week. And my number one standout of the week has to go to Mackenzie Childers. Man, you can't throw an eight inning no hitter and not get a standout of the week. Good job to Mackenzie. Um, and then I also, my offensive standout, I'll go with Madison Conley, the freshman from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Milo, imagine, imagine this. You're a freshman, right? And you're asked to bat leadoff. That's a lot of pressure. That's crazy. That is, Indeed. I mean, I mean, that's, that's like the equivalent of uh, being thrown into the top six in your very first NHL game. Exactly. So, Put it in hockey terms. That's, yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a pretty big responsibility to go out there. Exactly. Huge responsibility. Yeah. Putting in the first line. Yeah. Um, 
But man, she made the most of it. Hit her first career home run against Stephen F. Austin on Sunday. And it was not a cheap one, Milo. It was well over the center field wall. She knew it off the bat. There was a little bit of confusion because it hit the net in center field and bounced back. And so for a minute, no one was sure if it bounced off the wall or went over the wall. Of course, we all saw it go over the wall. The umpire gave the signal. Um, and then it was a party at home plate. Um <laughs> But now Conley, I, I imagine she'll get a, a few more at bat. She has three starts this season, uh, batting 333. Uh, she's a talented old freshman, uh, has a lot of pop, led the team in fall ball and home runs. So I imagine we'll see Miss Conley a few more times throughout this season. But that'll do it for my UNT softball section. I'm a certified yapper when it comes to this section, but there's a lot to talk about this season. UNT softball will be taking on a stiff competition and maybe what is their hardest tournament of the season so far. And it's their last non-conference tournament before heading to Texas A&M and then heading into conference play. Huh. All right, Milo. Very nice. Very right, well you, put. Here, a lot of, uh, of water. Yeah. You're going to need a sip after that one. That's um, some good, some good softball analysis here on another mean green podcast i mean how many other podcasts out there cover mean green softball out of curiosity i would think i'm the only one the only one there you go now we can coin that as our own another mean green podcast <laughs> uh your home for mean green softball content i don't know yeah yeah there you go the one for, oh, wait, I don't think I can say that. Might be a yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you can say that. Yeah. I was just talking about Raising Canes. Um, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go to the hardwood. Let's go. Milo, I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you finish. But no, I'm going to let you talk <laughs> here after uh, I just talked for five straight minutes. Um, do you think USF? deserves to be ranked they're number 25 this week it's a good question um i think so i think so i think it's a team that's proven themselves they've gotten some good wins together um you know they've proven time and time again that they can run with the big dogs of the AAC. um and you know i don't think it's a fraudulent ranking like fraudulent atlantic university uh i think i think it's valid i saw it today on twitter um, I saw the nice little graphic that they posted. I think it's what the first time in, in uh, school history that they're ranked in Indeed. the top 25. Yeah, yep. I think it's valid, especially after beating fraudulent Atlantic University on the 18th. Uh, yeah, it's valid. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, they've won 13 straight games. They're 14 and one in conference, 21 and five overall. They have been a force and now, and. My question is, is it a ranking that we saw coming? Like, did a lot of people see this coming? A ranking that a lot of people saw coming? Because everybody saw FAU being in the top 25. People saw Memphis being in the top 25. Did we start the season thinking USF could be there too? Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, honestly, everybody saw it as U.S. It was FAU and Memphis's conference to lose. And then if anyone's going to be a dark horse, it would be UNT. Yeah. 
Yeah. How, how that one you end up going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see the uh, the smirk on your face kind of says everything. Um, UNT has always kind of been in this predicament, haven't they? Like I feel like Pretty they've much. always they've always been that not even like dark horse. I guess they're just kind of there and it's one of those things where like UNT could be ranked, but you know, we'll just see how it plays out. And they never actually do get ranked. Um, okay, but they kind of lost their luster a little bit. They uh, did. After McCaslin left. They did. But I'm even talking about like with McCaslin when they had him. Like, I feel like they were always that team where, yeah, he could be ranked, but not, not really. I know that being a CUSA school definitely hindered them. And now that they're the, and they can't talk. Now that they're in the American, um, they will undoubtedly get their looks to be ranked, but uh, probably won't happen this year. Not happen this year. Yeah, will for sure not happen uh, this year. Um, They might be something at Dickies, but we'll see. Um, And then uh, another huge thing in the American, Memphis beat FAU in a rematch of that uh, first round classic last year. Um, look at them tigers. Yeah, yeah, they're they're finally back in the win column. And, They've uh, won two straight. That's, that's Penny Hardaway's Super Bowl right there. That's yeah, his, that was the that was the Penny his, Super yeah. Bowl. That's his crown uh, jewel. But what I find funny about Memphis is that everybody is going. The sky is falling. Penny, where's his head? How much of a how much of a leash are we going to give this guy? But they're 20 and eight and nine and six in conference play. I mean, the nine and six in conference play is, you know, not very impressive. That's disappointing, but 20 it's and disappointing, eight but 20, itself. yeah, 20 and eight speaks for itself. I mean, they had a great non-conference, um, you know, so I, I, I think this Memphis team, again, let's not forget that the minute you head to Dickey's arena, it's a total, totally clean slate. It's a new season. It's brand new. So anything can happen. And UNT fans in particular, they are they, they know about this because they've experienced it. They've witnessed it. It's a totally different ball game. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think if you're a Memphis fan that you – it's disappointing, obviously, that you're having, you know, a not very, not very good regular season. But, you know, I, I think things, things might turn around and – conference play or in uh, a tournament you, i'm about to sound like hank hill i'll tell you what <laughs> no, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what Milo. um just a side note i cannot tell you how ecstatic i am to be going to an actual arena instead of the star this season oh absolutely dude oh, i remember when i went to watch because i was at the game that they won that sent them to march madness uh when yeah. they beat um I think it was Western Kentucky um, when they beat him. Dude, the star is a dump. I mean, the fact that there was literally a Twitter page called um, the CUSA the, Curtain, the curtain. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's embarrassing. And I understand it's like, oh, wow, it's, you know, Cowboys related. Yeah. It's a pra- Cowboys practice facility that's turned into a, into a basketball, not even arena, for, but like a, for football, a, it's a good venue. Yeah, for football, it's a good venue. For, for everything you else, know, high school not. football tournaments, everything else, it's terrible. And I don't even know why they bothered to have it there. You know, there's there's a bunch of other venues that you could have used in North Texas, but um, pretty sure they're based in Frisco. I mean, just off the top oh, of my CUSA? head. Oh, CUSA, yeah, yeah, CUSA yeah. is a 
Yeah, now that you said it, it kind of makes sense. I think they there, are but... based in. Are they based in? I think they are. In they're they ba- I know they're based in Texas. Uh, their headquarters is in Dallas, Texas, but literally anybody yeah. can say. They they yeah. call all of DFW Dallas if you don't know what you're talking about. Um, let me look this. Up. Let me just call Judy real quick. I drove past it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, NCAA. Hold on. Um, yeah. yeah no, I I could have sworn I drove past Olympus. USA. No. It's yeah. Olympus Boulevard in Dallas, Texas. Okay. I guess I didn't drive through it. I don't know what. I think I drove past the NCAA building in Texas liar. one time. How I am a big liar. You do that to me. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah. um, CSA Curtain. It'll be nice to see them play in. <laughs> it'll be nice to see them play in an actual arena. Dickies Arena is pretty pretty swanky. Not 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 state of the art, but you know, it's an arena. You know, and it's I haven't American been to it yet. Conference play. I'm I was born in Fort Worth, and I haven't been there yet. Well, it opened recently, like a few years ago, right? It hasn't did. been around forever, so. That's true. All right, Milo, let's get into UNT basketball in general. They pulled the UNT, Milo. It was a good crowd on on uh, on Saturday. Was it, yep. Or was it Saturday or Sunday? Oh, Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Yeah. Those were sure Saturday. Um, it was a good crowd Saturday. Five thousand two forty-seven. Halfway full. Looked pretty good. Uh, was loud, and they led thirty-seven thirty-two after the first half. Twenty-five. Outscored 32-25 to in the second half. Lost 64-32 in front of a big crowd against a team they should have been beaten. Last place, UTSA. First time UTSA has beat UNT in, like, the last four matchups, I think. So, Yeah. Embarrassing is probably the only word that you could use. Yeah, <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Kind of, you know, this is uh, this is your sport, right? You see fans, mean green fans on on Twitter, bad mouthing UTSA, and they say, "Oh well, where are you guys? Where are you guys now? You guys were trash talking us all of football season. Where are you now? We're basketball school, and you lose to the team that you've been yeah. clowning on. Yeah, and this is this is it's a you know bottom team. They're nine and nineteen. They're trash, and you lose to them by two points." Uh, and you choke a lead like that, like you said, I think 37, 32 um, at the half. Yeah, that's just not that's not ideal. I mean, I'm looking at the box score. Uh, Jason Edwards kind of looks at him and CJ Nolan, really the only two that showed up in this game. Um, and that was CJ and Ruben's first game. Yeah, it was their first game Andrew. back, too. So, you know, CJ, impressive stuff coming off an injury. Um, and I think he'll probably just improve off that. Uh, oh, for sure. And Ruben, of course, it'll take some time for him to get back in the groove of it. So, you know, obviously not pointing fingers there. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, look at look at this and really two players contributing. Uh, Aaron Scott, nine points there. I don't know. It, just kind of one that you want to one that you want to flush down the toilet and forget. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the. They know it. This is a game that they should not be losing by any means. This is absolutely an unlosable game. Uh, for UNT, uh, drops them to 7-7 seven and seven in conference play. Um, you alluded to it a little bit, but Jason Edwards led scoring with 15. A little bit of an off night for him. 6-20 uh, for 20 from the field for uh, Jason. Um, 
Then in his return, Nolan, four for eight from the field, 12 points. Uh, but, man, the, the ramifications on the standings is huge for North Texas. Uh, just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're in seventh. Um, they're in yeah, seventh you gotta place. you got to count pretty far down the list, yeah. Yeah, they are in seventh place, um, tied with Eastern Carolina, who, which of whom they will play this weekend. Um, and they beat them by a miracle play uh, when they were in Carolina. Um, so that'll be an interesting yeah. one proceeding. They could drop to eighth place here. But Milo, if Rice, I'm just, I'm just spitballing <laughs> here. UNT, they're not gonna like completely miss the tournament. First ten make the tournament. There's not a feasible way that they miss the tournament. I believe um, they play like four more games. So yeah, they play four more games to completely miss the tournament. They'd have to fall below Tulsa, who's five and ten. Tulsa ain't gonna win their final four or five games. So um, they're gonna make the tournament for sure. Yeah, there's no I doubt about they that. Are. But I think they are. Yeah. The issue now is how bad is the seeding going to get? You know, because right, if they drop their next two to East Carolina and then uh, Tulane this this midweek, then I, which I doubt they're going to do for what it's worth. Um, then you're looking at like seven and nine. You know. Um, they I mean, they have under to stay, too. Yeah. yeah, they have to stay above the eight seed, in my opinion. I don't think um, really anything above the five seed is feasible at this point. Maybe if they win their last four, but you're looking for that uh, six, seven, eight seed if you're UNT. Um, they're a game and a half behind Memphis right now. But it's not looking good for the Mean Green unless they can capture that magic, um, that three-day magic that they captured in, in the Conference USA title when they uh, when they did make the tournament. Then it's not looking particularly good for men's basketball at the moment. Uh, perhaps a uh, settled-in Ruben and CJ changes that, but at the moment, just not looking great, Mala. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think they're going to need to carry some momentum into this tournament too. For sure. I think that that's sure. definitely going to play a role. You know, you mentioned when they kind of rekindled that magic in the CUSA tourney. Um, one of the big things that stood out to me was they came into that tournament high, right? They 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 came in, they had they had the momentum going, and they just carried it all throughout the tournament. So yep. I I think they kind of have to work with what they've got. And uh, string together some big wins here in the second, this kind of last stretch. I know it's not going to be a pretty easy stretch with ECU and FAU coming up. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if they're able to pull away with those two wins, then then they can definitely come into the tournament on a roll. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you there, uh, Milo. Precisely what I was thinking, in fact. Um <laughs> Man, what a bounce back for UNT women's basketball. Precisely. Uh, What a bounce back for UNT women's basketball. Uh, We talk about it a lot. They bounce back. I think we say it every time we talk about them, that they bounce back really well. They lose a tough one to UTSA on on the 18th, 63-66. Then they lose another tough one against Charlotte, lose by 
one point uh, in overtime. Both games at home ends the 10-game home winning streak. Um, but do you know what they did in Birmingham on what did they uh, do? Saturday? Against well, the they Blazers. just decided. Against the Blazers. Uh, they just decided to win 95-77, you know, oh, the normal. Yep. Good win. Nearly dropped a hundo on UAB. So they bounced back well. Jason Burton, all gas, uh, as he likes to say. Um, or is What's it like the premium, um, premium, gas? premium gas? Yeah, premium gas only. I premium keep seeing gas. That. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And they proved that premium gas. I don't recall the last time I saw uh, UNT women's basketball offense that looks quite like this, Milo. Um, oh. Man, it was a... Huge game for them after those two losses. Maybe they just needed a nice little road trip to Alabama to get them going. Obviously, that is what they need because Desiree, Colonel, and Tamisha Lampkin, the team leaders all season, Milo, they both drop a quarter of a century pretty much. Uh, Desiree (laughs) drops 24, and Tamisha dropped 25. Oh, by the way, they were on the boards too. 10 rebounds, 13 or 10 rebounds for Tamisha, 13 for Desiree. I mean, they were putting up those big forward numbers that they need to be putting up in order to try and fight back in this race for the 2023-24 UNT or UNT women's basketball, the American Athletic Women's Basketball regular season title. They want that one seed, Milo. They're currently a one game behind Temple, who sits at 11-4. and Keep in mind, UNT beat Temple earlier in the season. So they have the advantage over Temple if there is a tie. They're currently tied with Tulsa, however, who beat UNT. Interesting. Indeed. So Jason Burton's team uh, looking for that Conference USA regular, or Conference USA, American Athletic Conference uh, title in his first year there. That would be a huge accomplishment. You figure they're taking the one or two seed into Fort Worth. Now you just got to wait and see which one it is yeah i think uh i think this team has a really good opportunity to show a lot of mean green fans what they haven't seen in a long time which is uh you know the women's team making it to the big dance uh so i think it'll be really interesting to see how well they perform and uh yeah i i think they'll definitely they could shock some people i think and i think they will as if they um, haven't already, right? I mean, they yeah, clearly, and, and, you know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to get way too, like, way, way too into the weeds, but if they make the tournament, man, I think they could pull off an upset. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like the big turning. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a team that you, they're predicated off upsets and coming back and bouncing back. And uh, I, I think it definitely would not come as a surprise if, you know, let's say in a hypothetical scenario that they play a, a big name team in, in the in the, the first round and they go down early in the game and big comeback to win, right? We've seen them do it all all season long. It's in their DNA at this point. So for sure. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see if something like that could play out. Yeah, uh, I think so as well. Um very different. <laughs> Very yeah. different things for UNT men's basketball and women's Very basketball. Very different conversation. Men's basketball had all the expectations coming into the season and have failed to meet any of them. Women's basketball had no expectations heading into the season with a new coach and the man who knows the Lone Star Conference better than anyone else, Jason Burton, has surpassed 
any and all of the explanations that are feasible, um, that we all thought were feasible, rather, uh, so, for this team. Step off the trail. You are listening to another Mean Green podcast. Yeah, so that kind of brings up a good question. And that is, how would you rate? I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth between men's and women's, but, you know, with the women's, we've seen them, they kind of overachieved expectations like you said nobody sure. really expected them to pull off this massive jump in in standings um whereas the men's their first year with ross hodge hasn't been too much how was hodge like how has he been as a coach like do you think that the reason why this team is not performing as well is because of the expectations i think they lost think maybe their... the expectations were a little bit too high and you know, I think they lost two upperclassmen at the middle of the season at the worst time at grind time. And I think yeah. that, that has played a huge that part in it. I mean, off. I know that if you asked Hodge, if you asked any of the players, they'd be like, man, yeah, it's been rough without him, but no excuses. There's a valid excuse there when you lose Nolan and Jones for like pretty much a yeah. month each month or a month and change, really. Um, and I think that's a lot of the reason they've struggled. Do I think they still lose some of those games? Absolutely. But, you know, there's a lot of moments to where you think of that UAB loss at home. Does Ruben Jones affect that one? You know, if he's on, if he's on a, what's it called on for that defensive possession, does his senior, senior leader, I was about to say leaderness. <laughs> does his senior does leadership. His, yeah. When his senior leadership in that moment allow you know the team to actually put it together in that defensive possession although Hodge was denied a timeout you know it's just little things that UNT has been doing down the stretch that they are are, have not really done before they haven't defended well in the second half their scoring ability has never been outstanding and I don't think that would have changed but I think a lot of those defensive possessions changed with Nolan and, and Jones I mean, you look at Ruben Jones. You talk about a guy who knows how to win. How about you ask the most winningest player in UNT history, and that's Ruben Jones. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to win. That's that's a good point. I just, you know, kind of made me wonder because it, it. it's a women's team. There's a women's team that had very little expectations, and, you know, they've been knocking it out of the park. Meanwhile, the men's team had high expectations after winning um, the NIT last year. Well, you have so. to think about it like this. Look at the roster for um, totally different roster for too. Jason Burton. I mean, you look at Colonel. Yeah. He Colonel was his player at Texas A and M Commerce. They were yeah. doing big things in Div Two, and then they moved up to the Southland and did you know not great things, but they played really well. Colonel was there at Commerce for all of that success in Div Two at the Lone Star Conference. Uh, what I'm getting at is she knows how to win, you know. Yeah. This the the roster that he he kind of made. He they either knew how to win 
and you know colonel and um and uh man I, i'm completely blanking Deonnie robinson um they came from a winning program under burton and you know those are your flag carriers those are your here is my culture and here's how we do it and we've been under burton for years and this is how he does it let's go win some ball games i'm not saying that that culture doesn't exist for unt ross hodge is as much of a part of that winning culture that UNT men's basketball has created as anyone else, probably more so than anyone else. But you look at that roster, Jason Edwards, sure. He comes from a winning Juco program. Um, Nolan came from Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't really done all that much. Um, still a senior leader that they are missing. Ruben Jones, certified winner. He's always won there. He's never had a season where UNT does not win, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you look at guys who who were a part of those teams and are on these teams, Mulai, Aaron Scott. There's just not really an excuse for them. Yeah, Scott yeah, needed to yeah. step up in in their absence, and he and he just I don't. It's harsh, but he just kind of didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the two leaders on this team really should be Aaron Scott and Ruben, and we've seen it from Ruben, not so much from uh, Aaron Scott. So it's really ended up being yeah. CJ and. Ruben, just from yeah. an outsider perspective. Yeah. So but, I think yeah. uh, we'll just we'll have to see how how the rest of the season plays out. But overall, definitely a totally different kind of, really kind of a wishy washy feel to the men's season, uh, way especially in comparison to last year. Yeah. Sorry, I, I threw you off your roll there. There was a fly, and I tried to kill it. <laughs> you gonna vacuum it up too? Oh, I will after the podcast. I will get the vacuum out, and he'll go do the shadow realm with his buddies. But yeah, Reed um, is an, an an avid vacuum enjoyer. He loves vacuuming flies. Well, I don't love it. It's just something. Don't make me sound in, like in a his, in his, Yeah, in his free time, he uh, he whips out his handheld vacuum and he's just he's looking around like Ghostbusters. You know, he's like, "Where's some flies?" No, no, I'm not, I'm not a psychopath. That yeah. is not me. Maya. Cut it out. <laughs> um, I vacuum flies because I don't know what else to do them, and I don't want to squish them, so I just vacuum. Them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you know what else is fair? Uh, giving your friend a take. And when we made this podcast, I wanted to give you that. And so I checked that timing and I realized it's time to give Milo his take. Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. A very heartfelt message, Reed. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Fanatics is ruining sports jerseys. <laughs> they are ruining sports jerseys. We're just going to jump right into it. Fanatics, as you've seen, the MLB jerseys. Um, I think they're kind of, they haven't been officially released, have they? Or have they kind of been leaking pictures of them? Oh, no, no. Leaking? They're they're being worn at spring training. They're being worn at spring training. And we are seeing body parts and genitalia that we are not supposed to be seeing. Because oh, yeah. Fanatics, their jersey quality is so bad. It is uh, very thin and very see-throughable. And um, let's just fanatics mlb jerseys i'm looking them up right now just to kind of so just 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 to preface this a little better it's nike jerseys but they're produced by fanatics yeah yeah um so very similar to i don't know it's very similar to what the nhl will be doing i'm sure because the nhl has announced that they are not going with adidas um 
I don't think it's next year, but I think it might be in two years. Whenever their Adidas contract is probably they're going with Fanatics. Um, uh. But I, I think it's probably going to be a sa- the same situation where it's either Nike or uh, or Adidas still producing it and being you know produced through Fanatics, whatever, like you said. Uh, but these jerseys do not look good, especially the yeah. MLB ones. Uh, I know that people were comparing the font on the back, the numbers and, and the letters. Um, it just looks trash. They're ruining jerseys. And on top of the MLB, we've already seen them do it with the NHL fan jerseys, like the jerseys that you can buy from NHL shop. Um, they're, they're pitiful quality. They're trash. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they repeatedly make mistakes on customers' orders too. Yeah. Uh, I know that there's a difference between the, you know, the fan jerseys that are being produced and the actual game-worn ones. Um, but it's still, it looks like the game-worn ones in the MLB are like the same ones that the fans buy. Hey, you want to know something like really, really um, obnoxious about me? What? I only buy authentic jerseys. I don't buy replicas. Uh, that's that's not obnoxious. Not obnoxious at all. That's, you know. Um, not good for my bank account. No, no, definitely not. But <laughs> I think, you know, when it comes to jerseys, you kind of want good quality jerseys yeah and for mlb fans for baseball fans unfortunately you're not gonna well, get good quality okay jerseys okay so i to to add on to your take that you know they're worried about the wrong balls um uh one time i i bought a it was 2020 i'm a lakers fan in preparation of our of our run the lakers of our run in the in the bubble title, um, <laughs> I bought a LeBron James jersey from yeah. Fanatics, and it was like, uh, it was like the official replica jersey, and I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, that, I mean, I'm, well, I was, what, I hadn't even, I had just turned eighteen, so uh, COVID had just ruined my life, um, <laughs> so naturally, I decided to splurge on a jersey i bought it like the fanatics jersey that wasn't nike branded at the time before they combined um and it gets to there and to my house and i look at it milo the quality was awful i mean it looked like it looked like a fan giveaway jersey for like lebron james night so (laughs) it's probably like one of those fan jerseys that they gave out during the kobe yeah that's what kobe statue that's that was the like consistency of it and the numbers looked bad and it just was not a good jersey so i get it and i'm like what the hell whatever i'll just spend the extra i think it was like the extra 50 to 75 dollars for another jersey so i send that jersey back get my refund buy the nike one still have the nike one still wear it it's good quality it's like mesh and you know they call it a swing man i don't know if that still exists but it's a swing man jersey uh, actually has like the embroidered patches and stuff, and it's good. It's a good jersey. Yeah. Um, but my lasting impression of like fanatics branded things for jerseys was that because obviously they make shirts. Uh, I got the World Series champs shirt from Fanatics, and it's it's a good quality. You know, their t shirts are fine. Yeah, those are fine. Them, when you're asking them to make jerseys, man, come on now. Yeah, it's. It's kind of a joke. And just to clarify, I looked it up. 2024-2025 um, NHL season, um, they will be going with Fanatics. Um, you know, 
I mean, I understand fanatics is like, it's, it's good for money, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of leagues are are turning to fanatics is, you know, money wise fanatics is good at um, marketing and and selling their jerseys. Um, And I, I, I think it's really just for money because you look at the quality of jerseys that are done with Nike, Adidas, and it, they're great stuff. Like I personally, the NHL previously used, um, they used Reebok jerseys for a long time. And then they made the switch to Adidas, I think several years ago. Um, and those Adidas jerseys have been phenomenal. I think the yeah, quality, really the quality on them is great. Really Arsenal, good stuff. Uh, Arsenal yeah. wears Adidas. Yeah. And then also just like the overall like designs that they've been, they've been able to make is really good stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know they're moving away with that and they're going to fanatics and i just i feel like fanatics is just ruining jerseys and my whole reason for the stake is because i i saw a bunch of baseball fans tweeting out pictures of uh players on media day like shohei otani you could literally see his um not his underwear but i, I don't know you could see his, his compression shorts yeah you can see his compression shorts and like you know like, come on really and you, you're seeing players genitals as well uh really like Come on, watch watch MLB viewership go up like tenfold. <laughs> that, that was the long game. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> that, that was the long. That's game. crazy. But yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, just to kind of recap. I think fanatics is ruining sports jerseys. They're ruining the authenticity of it. Um, and I think we need some quality game worn jerseys. I completely agree with you, Milo. And I will say, the world hates it. But every single league should look at what soccer does around the world. I'm an Arsenal fan. Do you know what I've bought every year I've been an Arsenal fan? What? An Arsenal jersey because they change it every year. And they make millions of dollars because everyone's a fan of Arsenal around the world or all the fans that are a fan of Arsenal around the world. They go, oh, they changed it marginally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every time they drop a new jersey, I'm like, oh, I need that before the season ends. And it's (laughs) essentially the exact same red and white jersey, but it's quality. It's nice to wear. Soccer jerseys, you can style really well. So they don't sacrifice quality. They just produce more of them than the rest of the world does. But what the American culture of buying jerseys is and you'd know this is a hockey fan because i've seen those prices for those sweaters pretty much oh they're crazy you know instead of because a soccer jersey is pretty affordable like an authentic jersey is like 160 yeah and it's good quality um and then you can get a replica for like 90 um but then you look at american sports you want to get that you know not good quality mlb jersey that's authentic well you better rake in 450 dollars nfl 450 for get for uh uh authentic and then nhl you'll know yeah nhl it's anywhere from yeah you know 200 to 400 as well yeah and then nobody cares about mls so uh, <laughs> yeah. those go, you can get one of those for like 50 bucks on clearance yeah. um but yeah i completely agree with you fanatics is absolutely ruining jerseys and MLB, which is my favorite that, you know, baseball is my favorite sport. So, yeah, 
But they can't take away our World Series. Doesn't matter. Rangers still nope. winning the title again in 24, <laughs> no matter what happens. They could be wearing thing. They could be wearing like tank tops, and uh, I wouldn't care because the Rangers won the World Series. Anyway, cornball of the week time. Milo, who's your cornball? So on the topic of jerseys and uniforms, the Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> announced a rebrand for the 2025-2026 season. Uh, I believe that was the year that the rebrand would begin. Um, and let's just say that the new logo is a little bit controversial. Um, it is definitely something different. I'm just pulling it up now so I can get a little little live reaction again to it. But um, they've got a picture of a boat on their logo. You know, I had no clue that a clipper was a, isn't it like a sail on the boat or something? No, a clipper is a type of ship. Yeah, okay, it's a ship, yeah. I had mm-hmm. no clue that they were named after ships. I had I, I didn't know what the clippers were supposed to mean. I just figured that it was clippers, you know. I didn't know. So a clipper, when when you should think of a clipper, it's like the big sailboats with the multiple uh, sails. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you can yeah. kind of see that with their new logo. Um, yeah. I guess it's not for 25-26. I guess it's 24-25. I'm looking at oh, it now again. If you, look up, if you look up a clipper online, it comes up with, it was a merchant sailing vessel. <laughs> I think John had one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, these jerseys do look nice. I like the jerseys. I love the blue as well. It's... um. It's a little bit of a darker shade of blue. They're going with kind of like a navy. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Ultimately, cornball, I, I got I to give them the cornball instead of promoting them. The cornball for going with the ship. I don't like the logo. I see it. Yeah, I'm not it looks a, it. it looks a little bit football-y. It looks a little bit foot. I will say, <laughs> not, not football as in, you know, football. it looks a little football as in football. Looks a little football. Yeah, it looks a it looks a little like it would be called for like the San Jose Clippers of the yeah. second league MLS. Yeah, yeah it like... looks, like, <laughs> looks like they're gonna be the FC Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> Inter Clippers. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you're cornbally over here because you're you, you dropped this logo and it looks totally unlike an NBA logo here. Um, no, you know, I, I think some of their other logos, like their jerseys, look like NBA jerseys. Fine. Yeah, but, they look good. Um, yeah, this logo and uh, this concept court of the Intuit Dome uh, that we've talked about before on the podcast, the Intuit yeah, Dome. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. This is a, this is a very controversial logo, and some people were for it. Some people were against it. Next thing you know, we're going to have a Clippers logo of a, wait, actually, it might not be a next thing you know. This might actually be it. If their other logo is of like the, the steering wheel of a ship that's like a little kraken-esque you know like the seattle uh, kraken the seattle a, kraken a little yeah. kraken-esque so cornball material for you to reference i feel like the clippers are kind of like i feel like not very many people knew what they what it stood for you know not very many people knew what it stood for and so now you yeah. drop a logo where boom there's a boat you're sitting here yep. like, what is this? This is a totally different rebrand. Um, is Balmer still the owner? I think he is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Of, of course, Steve Balmer would do something like this. He's a, 
He's a cornball. He's a certified cornball. So, Balmer and the Clippers, you are my cornball of the week for dropping this. Rebrand is cool, but unfortunately, the logo falls short, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of people say differently on Twitter, but I agree with you. I'm not crazy about it. I think it looks a little... It's too much. There you go. FC Clipper. FC Clippers, for sure. Um, My cornball of the week, Milo... I want to get your opinion on something before I say it. Yeah. What are your opinions on storming the court? Mm, It has to be an opponent that is worthy of it. It's got to be an opponent that's worthy of it. If if it's not an opponent that is worthy of storming the court, it is cornball material. Well, Milo, I, I appreciate you sharing that opinion, but that's not what this is about. What do you think of the ethics of storming the court? We talked about this a little bit when Caitlin Clark the, got ran getting into a little, getting a little ethically. I think it's all, I think it's all for fun. I think it, that's what makes college sports, college sports. The fact that you can kind of do that, right? You can't really do that in pro sports, uh, but in college, a, a nothing is better than, you know, a huge win, the play by play guy going crazy and the court, just the fans storm the court and they're going crazy. I mean, Nothing beats that, in my opinion. I think it's totally yeah. cool. It's totally cool when executed right. Well, Milo, I completely agree with you, but do you know who disagrees with you? Who? Jay Billis. Who is Jay Billis? Give me the background. Former basketball player. He's now an analyst in ESPN. At ESPN, rather. Someone didn't get a court storming. Well, <laughs> I'm sure he did, actually. But Duke uh, lost last night. And um, one of their players got hurt. Kyle Flipkowski, he sustained an injury when Wake Forest stormed the court against Duke when they upset them. And Jay Billis had some opinions on it. Yeah. Do you know what he said? What did he say? And this is pretty insane to me. So he said, "The, um, the administrators will tell you that security experts tell them that it is not a good idea to stop the court storming and that it will cause more problems than it would solve. But you have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on court, don't let them off. Just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest <laughs> them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. So what Jay Billis is saying is if you storm the court, you are now a criminal. The Billistrator. The Billistrator. He's, a, he's a, I think he's talking out of his ass here because there is no way, unless he plans to find 200 cops that are willing to prevent a sold-out crowd from storming the court. I mean, you would you would need probably, I don't know, maybe you'd need 200 people. When you think about it, you got thousands of people that are storming the court. Listen, you're going to have each and every single one of them be arrested, detained. Really? I get like protective measures. Maybe there should be more of a security team that surrounds the w- opposing team as they exit the court to avoid situations like the one that happened for Duke. That would make more sense. But criminalizing it? Come on, man. Yeah, no. No, I, I think that's a worthy cornball material because that's not cool. That's not cool, and that's a dumb take, in my opinion. That's a dumb take. You're not going to get enough law enforcement here 
And even if you do arrest one or two people, that's not going to change anything. There's a whole culture behind storming the court. It signifies something. It's a, uh, it's a sign of pride. It's a sign of, yeah, we did it. Yeah. We upset this team. Yep. Let's go. And now you, now you try and take down the, you, you think arresting a handful of people is going to take down that culture. You think setting up some barriers, some barricades, okay, but it's more not security? arresting a handful of people. It's arresting probably like hundreds to thousands. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is they wouldn't even be able to do all that, right? Because no, you can't arrest all that all that, that many people at once. At most or at best, you're only going to be able to catch a few, you know, a few people, maybe twenty some people if you're lucky. Yeah. So you're not even going to get to detain thousands of people there's gonna be thousands of people that are storming the court and you're just gonna be out there kind of like kind of grabbing looking for people so you can't do anything when that many people come in that is why that is why security is advised to not stop a court storm because you can't do anything about it no and yes i do think that students should be more aware that maybe at halftime when there there might be an upset say if you're going to storm the court please avoid interacting with away team players you know make an announcement make it more things available to try and avoid other players getting hurt because you don't want the away team to get hurt you have to protect the away team um for sure that is important yeah let's not get it twisted that's to criminalize it no 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 just for storming if somebody stormed and did something to a player yeah i agree with that but if they're just storming and to storm then why would you criminalize that and Milo, I just want to point out a little bit. This goes back, and I'm I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say that Jay Billis is an example of what we were talking last week with athletes or analysts that don't know what they're talking about. Because Jay Billis has done a very good job. I enjoy his analysis, and he's he's a professional. But Milo, can you take a huge guess at where he went to college? Hmm, you know, I had him pulled up, but I'm just going to take a wild guess. I don't know, Duke? Yeah, he played at Duke University. Oh, so do wow. you not think that he's maybe a little salty that Wake Forest just beat his alma mater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. And on top of that, I mean, the guy was the coach for them, right? Yep. He was yeah. an assistant coach, yep. Yeah, so so it's just yeah. he's just butthurt. He's mad that his team lost, and yep. he's you know spewing, spewing a bunch of nonsense. He's mad yeah. that there's a court storm against him. Yep, that's what it sounds like to me. And do you know what else it sounds like to me? Like the end of our episode. What are you doing this whip this episode? What are you doing this episode, Milo? What are you doing this weekend, man? <laughs> um, this weekend, I don't know. Uh, to be decided because we are well out from that. It's a Monday. Actually, what are we? Monday, what are yeah. you up to this? What are week? we doing this week? Monday yeah. episode. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't still don't have an answer for you aside from just working. <laughs> it's oh, like I said, my. my Monday through Thursday is pretty boring. It's just work. That's pretty much yeah. it. Not much. You, not much I can do when I, uh, you know, work a work a six to three Jeez. every yeah, every day sense. Monday to Thursday because by three four o'clock I'm really tired. So that anyway. makes sense, man. I you work hard, man. You work hard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I am doing softball on Wednesday and still attending school, unfortunately. Um, and then this weekend, doing men's basketball and 
watching softball, but not I'm not gonna go to Alabama. You can <laughs> not on a weekend trip to Alabama. That's pretty much it. I mean, I'm not doing anything too particularly fun for the next yeah. three weeks. So uh that'll be it from us. Any closing thoughts? I don't know. Um, aside from maybe don't buy fanatics jerseys. Don't buy fanatics jerseys. Keep storming the court. Keep storming the court. Although for Mean Green fans listening, I'm not sure if you'll have an opportunity to do that, but uh, (laughs) we'll we'll see. You never know. Yeah. All right. Well, good episode. Good episode. Uh, If you enjoyed listening, then you'll love being a Mean Green 24-7 VIP with basketball season and softball season in full swing right now. You'll not want to miss content like By the Numbers and On Deck, which look at UNT softball and basketball respectively in, or pardon me, By the Numbers in the stories. For away games, you do not want to miss it, man. It's just one of those things that it helps you get back into the swing of things, especially with softball, swinging the bat a little better now. You'll want to become a VIP, support creators like myself and Milo, and become a Mean Green 24-7 VIP today. Oh boy, it's a busy, busy week for the both of us. It's a busy week for UNT Sports. Men's basketball looking to bounce back after a dismal loss to UTSA, and softball looking to make a statement against Auburn in Alabama. That'll be it from us. Peace out.